This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. football fans and welcome to the onside kick my name is ricky whitmer and as always i'm joined by the mark weber and dub them ease and we got a different kind of podcast for you guys today usually what we do is mark we talk about the biggest story of the week but to me the biggest story of the week came from the i'm it's the new sadness ball mm-hmm. between your chicago bears and your Detroit Lions. Oh where, no! I mean, it's not. Yeah, uh, I mean, you understand game, the sadness that, bowl. That game was pretty sad to watch, so I'm gonna call it a sadness. Sadness bowl, bowl is a bowl game between two teams that will never be relevant ever. At so least in the, the Lions standpoint. So the Bears and the Lions. At least in the Lions standpoint, they were playing for something. When it was traditionally <laughs> the Bills and the Browns, it was like we're both gutter teams, but we're not bad enough. We're just kind of sitting in the middle here. I'm telling you, though, no one deserved... Like, I was watch. I didn't watch the entire game. You I watched out. the end of the fourth quarter and overtime. And I tell Which you... Which was really the worst time to come in. <laughs> that was the worst Because time. it was actually a good game. Like, I, like, I was sitting there watching it with my father. And me and him had the same thought of just like, nobody deserves to win this game. Nobody deserves... Because, like, the Lions... They go, they kick a field goal, they take a 3 nothing, or they scored the touchdown to take the three-point lead. And then you're thinking, oh, you know what? I remember telling my mom, oh, there, you know, there's only 15 seconds left. She leaves. Mm-hmm. Then Alshon Je- Jeffrey makes a catch. Then he gets pass interfered. Then he gets pass interfered with again. Bears kick a field goal. And we're then 10 minutes into overtime. My mom comes back. She goes, I said there's only 15 seconds left, and then me and my dad had to explain to her what had happened. You know, there's to this thing called overtime. You can you can tie. You can't. And when she asked, she's like, "Well, can they tie?" And I'm like, "Well, a matter of fact, they can. They can. They can tie. Some some do not know, but they can Donovan tie." Donovan McNabb does not know. It's to possible. this date, Donovan McNabb He's still does not, not sure know. if you can tie. Can, can you tie? Can you but tie? I, I think you know the interesting thing was like this game was good. And the, then it got bad. The Bears didn't play super well. There was a lot of sloppy penalties. They played conservatively at the um, end. And then, yeah, at the end they went conservative, which was weird because, well, what happens a lot is Matt Forte kicks ass in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then teams like, oh, okay, we'll just shift to Matt Forte. And if we double cover Alshon Jeffrey, the rest of these injured wide receivers can't do very much. Yeah, but Marquise Wilson can do stuff. He's Yeah, he's been doing okay. He's doing okay. He just, his numbers took a back seat because Alshon was back. Yeah, and then Alshon gets double covered. See, I just don't get, and this is, I mean, getting off the point of what this podcast is about, but we're going to get there eventually. Yeah. That, like, you're there within the five, four seconds left. Mm -hmm. I say, fuck it. Go for the win. Go for the win. Go for the jugular. If it wasn't for the fact that— You're a two-win team. If it wasn't for the fact that the Bears' red zone defense is awful. I mean, red zone offense is awful. They're horrible in the red zone. Horrible. Absolutely terrible. And uh, they Fake proved field it. goal. Fake they field they goal. proved it every week when they constantly mess things up. I mean, they had two field goals that they they went for, like that they could have easily scored touchdowns, but just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of fakes, that fake punt <laughs> at the end, that that fake punt that no one on the Bears saw, or was it a field goal? I don't really know. I don't really care. It but, was a fake punt. Yeah, the fake punt. I'm sitting there going, they're gonna fake it. Because why the fuck would they punt it? 
why would they do that right now? They're mm-hmm. totally going to fake it. And the entire Bears defense was surprised. I'm like, hey, 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 Pace. <laughs> I'm available. You can hire me. You can pay me half of what you're paying Vic Fangio. Or in this case, he was the special teams coordinator. Yeah. But still, I don't care. You can still pay me half what you're paying Vic Fangio. But the point of this podcast is the reason why we named it what we did. And if you can't read it, it's just that the NFL has an officiating problem. There was a play in this game that I watched numerous times after I knew about it. Because like I said, I came into this game late after that play had already happened. I initially saw it, like a replay of it, and I was thinking, oh, cool, I have the Bears defense. That's an interception. Mm -hmm. But then after the game, after I kept looking at my fantasy, I was like, wait, why am I not getting points for that? Wait, that wasn't an interception? That was a touchdown? What? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it makes no sense. You know, the the big thing is it's not even a question at this point. It is a fact. It's a statement that the NFL does have an officiating problem. And it all revolves around— And it's been around, around for so long. And it all revolves around what the hell's a catch. Well, not even that, but I mean in this week— we oh, whose game was it? Was it the Eagles game where the clock was just stopped for no apparent reason after a running play? Well, you had the last Monday night, the where clock, the air. clock had a problem. Mm-hmm. There's been all of these issues that keep coming up. And I understand there are quite a few games every week. There's bound to be some mistakes, uh, but there are just egregious errors every week it seems and this has been starting from last season when we had things in the playoffs pretty big time for these big issues to happen Mm -hmm. when you're supposed to get the all-stars out there uh we can keep going back even you know to when we had the lockout where there was obvious issues there's been all of these issues that keep coming up and they keep changing the tide of these games where yes you can't catch everything yes there's going to be mistakes but the NFL doesn't seem to be trying to fix the problems. And when we go into this big, you know, who knows what about the catch? What is a catch? What is the process of a catch? Mm-hmm. How do we define it and how do we write it down? Which is what's difficult about this. The fact that we're trying to write it down. It really creates this issue where, I mean, every commentator out there, every analyst is saying the NFL's referees don't know what a catch is. The NFL's referees don't know that you can't hit bat a ball, a fumbled ball out of the end zone, and then you have reception of it or whatever it was. That doesn't work. The NFL's referees don't know all the rules. So how can the NFL not realize that this is an issue that needs to be addressed now and like immediately? If not, at the end, like at the end of it, before next season starts. Well, I completely forgot. I'll be honest. I completely forgot about that Seahawk Lions play yeah. that you came. Out. Like that was when that happened. I was like, "Huh?" Like at the time, I'm like, "Okay, smart play." But then I'm like, "Wait a second. Why didn't you just like? Why didn't you just fall on it or go mm. to grab it? Why was the first reaction?" To bat it out of the end zone. Because to me, if I see a loose ball in the end zone, my first thought is fall on it, I'll get the touchback. Mm-hmm. Not push it out of bounds. The thing I'm the thing that I think is the most important is this catch thing. And to me, I've always thought it as you can look at a play 
and with your eyes just go, that was a catch. You can look at another one. That wasn't a catch. You can look at another one. Oh, easy. That's a catch. There's no, not, people have never seen something and have gone, hmm, I don't know if he caught that or not. But Someone they do. Someone has either said, and it's not because, I'm not saying because mm. of the rule. I'm saying if if you take the writing and just not tell anyone, just show people clips, not one person is going to go, I'm not sure if he caught that. Someone's either going to, they're either going to say it was a catch or it wasn't a catch mm-hmm. because obviously that's how we are. It's like if we ask if that's a catch or not, they're not going to say, well, I don't know. The problem is, though, with that. We got to write it. What you were saying, we got to actually write it down and get yeah, it in words. Because the, NF, I mean, the NFL's problem in this is, you know, I thought that was a catch. You thought that was not a catch. All right, who's right? You know, and in that case, and it's the eyeball test. It's not as easy as baseball where it's, all right, did he hit the bag or did the ball get caught? Mm-hmm. Which happened first? I can freeze frame that and find out. For the catch, it's like, all right, well, if the ball hits the ground and then he drops it, is that a catch or is that not a catch? Well, I don't know. Was there an extra step in between? Mm-hmm. Did both of his feet come? You know, like there's all of these weird little stipulations to it, which I mean, that's part of the game. And it's hard because there's not necessarily a way around it. I think personally, if the NFL just comes up with its clear language or whatever, even if it just doesn't change the language of what is a catch right now, the NFL needs to sit all of their referees down. And, and have kind of like a clinic of yes. this. So we're all on the same page. This is what needs to happen. This they is what a to, catch is. They need to fix. It's not even just the catch. It's there's so many rules that seem like there's issues and referees mm-hmm. don't completely understand. Like what? Like the batting the ball out. Like the, the clock operation. Mm-hmm. We're just completely overlooking that. Well, the clock operation, I feel like that's easy. Just tell one person, hey, it's your job to watch the clock. Boom. Mm-hmm. Before we start plays, when it should be, you watch the clock. That's what you do. Well, they they do have somebody assigned to that. I mean, it's not only assigned mm-hmm. to that, but that's part of their job. Uh, and it's being overlooked in multiple or, games, or multiple is weeks. that something where... We add in a, a trained official that, hey, your only job is to watch the clock. So mm-hmm. we take a responsibility away from this guy who obviously he can't. I'm not saying that he doesn't like have the ability to watch a clock and say, oh, that's not right. But, oh, he's he's obviously mm-hmm. being asked to do too much. So we're going to take this off of your plate. We're going to give it to you. All you have to do is stand here, watch the clock. What a job. Make sure it's moving. Make sure it's not moving. What a job. But yeah, it's just, it's very. This it, is what we do on the onside kick. We make jobs. It's very You're tough. You're welcome, Obama. We, uh, we, we think that, I don't know, like the big thing for the NFL to me is just what I think needs to happen is Roger Goodell needs to come out. Or I guess it could be the rules are or whatever. But Roger Goodell, needs, I think, should come out and say, here's the thing. We understand that as an organization, we have an officiating problem. The quality is not at what it needs to be for the integrity of the game. But the quality is not at where it needs oh, to I be. Hate when they say we that, will fix this. It might not be immediately, but we are going to fix it. That's what needs to be said. Somebody needs to come out and admit that there's a problem. Because nobody ever wants to admit there's a problem. If they come out, say there's a problem, and say we're going to fix it, 
you have so much respect for me immediately. Well, and it's like, and I think you mentioned the NHL did that. Mm -hmm. They said, here's a problem. We're going to fix it. Do you ever see anybody complain about the referees right now? Maybe some. Occasionally. But not as much. Like, let's put it this way. The play I'm thinking about, and this is mm-hmm. NHL, just what happened. We're, we're in Chicago, me and Mark. Sure are. The Hawks. Mm-hmm. Last year, championship, I want to say it was a championship series where we played the Ducks. There was a play, pucks in the air, Andrew Shaw hits it with his head, it's a goal. Mm-hmm. Refs get together, they review the play, they go, okay, that wasn't a goal, it's in the rules, you can't use your head to beat it in. If it was the NFL, they would have got together at center ice and said, it's a goal. I guess it's a goal, right? It went in the net. It went in the net. Well, let's not look it up. It's a Some goal. guy juggles his hands. Yeah, Does the ball juggling like, motion? Maybe part of it is, and this is more to go with more of that, like, batting the ball out of the end zone. Yeah. Hockey is, and hockey's different, though. Like, that was a scoring play. So, obviously, they went back and reviewed it. That play, like, I feel like we should open up things to be reviewed, Mm -hmm. not by coaches. I'm saying, like, because we already have, NFL already took the NHL's idea of we have the headquarters in New York. They had, or baseball did this too with the replay. There's a headquarters for replay. The, you put on the headset. Okay, this is the call. This is what it is. Okay, now we make our ruling. Mm Mm-hmm. The thing I'm thinking, though, is there should be more to that of someone sees that and goes, hey, guys, uh, we should we should take a look at that play. Let's take a look at it. Then the ref goes under the hood, talks to who he has to. We get it right. The only problem I have with that is games will take way too long. But if it's at that point, I'm not saying just whenever something like that mm-hmm. happens, I'm saying especially with that magnitude End of the game, Lions would have been on the one mm-hmm. with one more play to go, could have had a chance to win that game. That's a situation where that guy flips on that switch and goes, uh, hey, Ed, hey, Hockley, let's take a look at this big guy. Well, two things. One, uh, one about the Lions-Bears game and then another just general one. The first, mm-hmm. I'll do the general. I think a big problem, too, with the NFL, you hear it when they're reviewing plays all the time or when they're talking about reviewing a play of, well, they can't review this part of it. And I don't they can like, only review and I don't that get part that. of it. I don't get it. That's be able an to, issue. Be able to review like if you're gonna review a play, be able to review all of it. Everything, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's like I forgot what the big thing was this week where it was like they couldn't re- it was something dumb where it was like there was one thing that happened that they couldn't review. Oh, it was actually uh maybe it was the Eagles Giants where the guy got hit, but then the ball hit him. They mm-hmm. couldn't review if somebody pushed him into the ball. Yeah. They could only review if he touched the ball, which would make a difference if somebody pushed him into the ball. Uh, like or something return. to that effect. Yeah. yeah, it was a muffed punt. Um, so that's being one. Number two, I think a big issue that we have, we hear it with, the, I'm using the, the Lions-Bears game as the example, with the interception, touchdown, who knows what. Mm-hmm. Uh where the the analyst the uh, analysts the commentators right away are like oh that's an interception they bring in the rule 
expert, and he says that's an interception. Usually it's like Mike Pereira. Yeah, on NFL, and I get sometimes Fox. these guys are going to be wrong. That's fine. But then you ask all these people who are rule experts saying that's an interception. Mm-hmm. The ref goes under the hood. No, it's a touchdown. And, here, and it, it's who is he talking to that's different than here's all what of I, these people. And this is weird for me to say it because I mm. have so many problems with this sport that I'm about to say. When it comes to replay, baseball has it right. And the only reason they have it right is because they took it from hockey. Mm-hmm. When the ump goes over, like if Joe Madden came out of tonight's Cubs-Mets game, out of the dugout, and said, I want to take a look at that play. I want to see if this guy was safe at first. What happens is the two umps, home plate and the crew chief, get together all they do is put headsets on. Yeah, that headset has a mic, but they do not make the decision. It's going to it's they're talking to the guys in New York. The guys from New York look through it and go, this is what it is. Okay, headsets come off. He's either safe or mm-hmm. he's either out. And the thing I've liked about replay thus far, especially in the playoffs, whenever there's a replay in baseball, they put the headset on. Obviously, it's going to take a little bit, but it seems like headsets go on enough time to watch the replay once or twice on TV. Headset comes off. Okay, he's safe. Or headset comes off. Okay, he's out. Yeah. That's how the NFL, hockey's the same way. He goes over the glass, takes the headset through the hole, puts it on. The command center tells him, hey, this is what happened. This is the ruling. Mm -hmm. Takes it off. I mean, hands it's my out, understanding the NFL is talking to somebody in New York, yes, too. But what they're doing is mm-hmm. the ref has the screen in front of him under the hood. And I feel like that's why it takes so long, because the ref is looking at it going, mm-hmm. well, OK. And then and then what I feel like I'm not under the hood, but I have a feeling like if you have that ref looking at it, they are arguing with not arguing, but discussing mm-hmm. with the people in New York. To kill that time, just have a referee like a Mike Pereira in New York. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. Like, we watched well, I, it. This is what it is. Here's the rule. I understand that there's going to be some disagreements on, on things. That's just how it works. Human eyes are going to be a little different in that case. And, like, me as but, the fan, I don't know if they have a discussion. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Who outrules no, who? No, I'm more saying not that. I'm saying, like, Mike Pereira is not— in the command center. Yeah, I'm He's saying, paid by Fox. I'm saying between the command center and yeah, the ref on the field. But what I was initially getting at was it doesn't make sense to me that so many analysts can say one thing, and it can be so obvious, mm-hmm. and certain and then rule the experts just... will say one thing, but then another referee comes in and goes, nope, that's not it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that these rules can be so debatable mm-hmm. among the people who know the rules. It needs to be cut and like yeah, cut, how, so kind of how like is in, it not cut and Kind dry. of like in baseball where it's easier for this to be cut in stone, but he's safe or he's out. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's, oh, there's a tie, it goes to the runner, but he's either safe or he's out. Did he get to the bag first? He's safe. Did he get to the yeah. bag after? He's out. And I don't know if this happens, but I wonder, does the NFL, the officiate, the officiating of the NFL, do they get together in the offseason? Do they look at these questionable plays and go, okay. I don't think so because we don't see changes. Should it have been? Yeah, exactly. They're, if anything, you just see it continuing to get worse, mm-hmm. which you would think means there's no, I, I hate to use the word practice, but there's no practice. 
uh, you know, in that case, there's no getting better. They're not reviewing anything. And I'm sure there are some safeguards and stuff like that, but it's not working. So what does the NFL need to do to fix this? Do they need to do what the NHL did years past? I mean, it might have even been a decade by now. I don't remember where the NHL goes. All right, we're going to get guys who used to do this. We're bringing them in. They were really good. You. They're going to do. And if you guys aren't doing well, well you're out. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You're out. You're going to start getting trained again, and then you can be put back in, and we'll see how it goes. Well, and I think what what aids Major League Baseball, the NBA, and NHL mm-hmm. in this, like you're saying, oh, you're not doing a good job in pulling them. Yeah. I feel like, and maybe this is dead wrong, but because there's a minor league system, it's like, hey, you're not doing a good job. You can, we're not going to have you in games. You can go and see if you can umpire in the minors. Well, I, they, we're just not going to have you in games. I know with the, with the NHL, they, yeah, they would kind of like, hey, you train can't a do, guy up. You can't do NHL, but you can go back to the AHL. I don't know if they did go to the, the minors or not, but I know they would. They would kind of get refreshed, and mm-hmm. when they were ready, they would but, be put but, back but in. I'm and saying, would see. But I'm saying, though, my point is mm. those three sports do have an AHL. The uh-huh. baseball has AAA, AA, well, single A. The, we have the D League and the NBA. The NFL has a minor league. It's called college football. Now, I know yeah, the rules are completely different, they're completely and they're completely different, different officiating staff. Even if you went to Canada, mm-hmm. completely different. We should send them to Canada. That'd be fun. Completely but I think different. A big thing here, too, is the difference between these sports is all the sports we were talking about, and we didn't really say basketball is a good thing or a bad thing either way, but all of those sports, much longer. With mm-hmm. the NFL, one game fucks everything up. Mm-hmm. Look back to the original Calvin Johnson. Was it a catch or was it not a catch? Against the Bears like five years back. Well, And, and that one game set everything in motion for that season. Like people look back at that season a lot and say, what would happen if the Bears had lost that? They would not have been in the same position they were. The Lions might have actually made the playoffs in that Mm -hmm. case. You know, people look at that where, because there's only 16 games. That makes a difference. I mean, it's not college football where you lose one game and all of a sudden you're out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But it makes a big difference when you have these only, you know, so many teams are going to get in. Only two wild card spots available. A lot of teams competing for it. These make a big difference, and you really don't have the amount of time necessarily to train up a referee and put him back in in that case, which is kind of a problem for the NFL that's hard for them to address. And I I don't really know what the what the solution would be in that case. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I had I was gonna bring up there's three videos. That I'm gonna have a link to the in the description for you, the listeners, to watch. Because I wanted to kind of talk these through, especially with this. One of the big things we've been talking about is the catching, and the three examples are the one you brought up of Megatron against the Bears. I want to say it was what oh nine, was that oh nine or no? It was oh nine. It was it was the year that they. It was one of the years the Bears won the playoffs. So it must have been 2010 because that's when it was that the year you guys went to the and a 10 or title game. I don't remember which what's I'll look up when the Megatron. Yeah. Thing was, but that's one of them. The other one was last year's playoff game. The Des Bryant catch wanted to talk through that. And then obviously the one that happened this past weekend against again, the Bears and the Lions. And the one thing I saw from this 
clip with the Megatron catch was he catches the ball. Then it looks like he kind of jumps to the side, holding the ball in one hand secured. The ball does not move at all. Does not move. And then he hits the ground. And as he turns, it looks like to me, he in his mind was like, well, I've already caught the ball. And he just happened to let it go as soon as the ball graced the ground. Mm -hmm. To me on the playground, if Mark were to make that play exactly like it was, I would have been like, well, guys, we defended him as good as we can. Let's run back down. Let's get the kickoff. We can get the next one. That's how I, It was mm-hmm. a catch to me. It was a catch. Now, to, to put this out there, the Calvin Johnson was 2010. Um, my thing with the Calvin Johnson catch is— It was a catch. Notice how you said that. The Calvin Johnson catch. Well, because, I mean, it's a catch controversy. My thing with the Calvin Johnson one is that the reason why I say I get why it's not a catch is because he gets the ball, it hits the ground— and it's on the ground, his hand leaves the ball. That's why I get why that's not a catch. I understand that. Des Bryant, I still don't understand why that's not a catch. That one still doesn't make sense well, to me. But at least in this case, the Calvin Johnson one was, he gets the ball, ball hits the ground, hand leaves the ball. Well, there That was, makes sense to me. I'm saying there was time, and you can go ahead and look at it down below in the description, but he catches it, comes down, he kind of jumps to the side. Yes, he has the ball away from his body, but secured with one hand, and he's kind of like frozen, jumping to the side. Then his body hits the ground, which to me I'd say down by contact at that point because the butt hits the ground, and then he starts to turn, and as he starts to turn, it to me looked like he was just letting the ball go naturally. The only thing that made it look like what, how you had it was because the ball graced the ground mm-hmm. as he was already letting it go. Because in his mind, he had already made the catch. And, and he was kind of put. And mm-hmm. the reason why the ball came out is because he's pushing with his hand the ball against the ground to pick himself back up. And there's the, the thing, too. I know Ricky said it not on the podcast, but the ground will not cause a fumble. Mm-hmm. But the ball can cause an inter, uh, an incompletion. See, I don't get that, and that's what's that's a difficult thing too. Because that brings me to the the Des Bryant one. With mm-hmm. that one, he makes the catch. His whole body hits the ground at the same time. The ball does hit the ground. However, the ball to me secured on his forearm, just how you were taught, like maybe by your uncle, your dad, mm-hmm. your grandfather, older brother, how to hold the football when you run, secured against his forearm. The whole body hits the hits the ground at the same time, ball being two because it was secured by his forearm. It pops up into the air, and he catches it. If the ball, if the ground can't cause a fumble, how can it cause an interception? Incompletion. Or an incompletion. The other thing I think of is, okay, if we're going to say, okay, it can cause an incompletion— it popped in the air, and he caught it. Mm-hmm. It didn't hit the ground a second the, time. The problem with that being, though— Because it looked like—and the only reason I'm saying it this way mm-hmm. is because it looked like he had it secured against his forearm, which to me would be like, okay, the pop in the yeah. air 
is okay. If it's one of those things where he didn't really have possession of it and hit the ground, okay, incompletion. But it looked like he mm -hmm. had it in his forearm. The problem with that being, like, the reason why, this is my understanding of it, the reason why this works with that is we, I mean, we see it every week when a quarterback, you know, dirt balls the, the football. Uh, and you see a guy dive for the ball. It looks like he catches it. You mm -hmm. go to the replay. It hit the ground, bounced into his hands. I think that's what the – my understanding of why the Des Bryant call is the way it is, besides the mm -hmm. fact that it's just weird, is well, that. And I'm, and I'm watching it right now. Yeah. And it looks like as he goes up, catches it above his head. Then – I'm going to hit play again. He brings it into his body. And then goes, oh, wait, I want to make a play for the end zone. Goes to, in one motion, after making the catch, dive to bring the ball out with two Got across hands. across the pylon. With two hands, but goes, oh, wait, I'm not going to make it if I go one. Switches the ball to his forearm, secured like with his hand over the tip, reaching for that pylon. His whole body hits the ground and as he's sliding, the ball pops up into the air. He rolls on his mm -hmm. back and catches it. I would say yeah. down at the one. Now it's and this brings up so many different things about what. And I catch. love and the video mm -hmm. I'm going to link in the description shows you it's the one straight from the game. They show yeah. you the slow mo of him catching it all the way through the leap. And of and course, then it pops this up sound, and never when hits you the explain it after. and when you watch in slow motion, it sounds like it takes a really long time, but it's really quick. It is very quick. Well, in fast motion, yeah, it's it, quick. Well, in real, real yeah, time, real it's quick. real time. Now, the thing about that is just that I think the, the argument they use, and I'm not necessarily defending their thing because I still think it's a little ridiculous, but the argument they use is that since this is all like one motion, when it hits the ground, it pops up, automatically right there, it's not a completion anymore. Mm -hmm. Since the fact that it touched the ground, like in the way when Sam Bradford dirt balls it and it hits the ground and pops into a wide receiver's hands, there's no ground balls in, mm -hmm. in football. Um, now, there's so many other things about this and what this brings up, which is just we're just getting into how complicated these rules are and how ridiculous it kind of is that they're so complicated. But with the Des Bryant, a big thing that comes up is what is the football move? And they stripped the foot. My understanding is and they, that came they out took of the Calvin Johnson catch. Yeah. And then they took it out mm -hmm. after the Des Bryant catch because the football move is a ridiculous term. Because what well, is first a football they, move? First, they called it a second act. Yeah. That was like the whole thing. Well, did he make like ever since the Calvin Johnson catch? Because I'm calling it a catch because it was a catch. Ever Not since that rules. catch. Mm -hmm. Come on. You can. You can. Not look by at, the rules. I'm just saying it's I'm not a catch. I'm just saying. You could look at it and say, oh, that's a catch. You could also look at it and say it's not a catch. But I, Stalemate. You just want to play whatever. Stalemate. You just, want to, you just want to piss me off. However, I'm going to ignore it. You can look at that catch. Mm -hmm. And now I lost my thought because you're going to argue with me. I completely Stalemate. lost my Oh, I completely lost my train of thought. No, but you're, you're talking about this. It. You're talking about the second act. Oh, the second act, they after that happened. It was second act, second act, second act. Well, did he make a second act? Then after that season, it kind of felt like they got together and said, "Hey, this kind of sounds stupid. Let's call it a football move." Mm -hmm. And then it's like every single replay. Well, did he make a football move? And I'm sitting there going, "So is any move a football move?" I kind of shake my hips. Is that a football move? It, I move. That's the problem. With the football with it. in my hand. It so is, is very, that a football move. It becomes, becomes very confusing with the Des Bryant. Now, with the Calvin Johnson one, 
there's less happening there. With the Des Bryant one, there's a lot going on. He's reaching the ball forward. He's extending his arms, trying to cross the pylon. There's a lot more going on with that, yet still not a catch. Now, is it not a catch because it hits the ground? Is it because there's not a football move? Who knows? And you can argue whatever you want in that case, but there's so much going on. Here's the thing to bring it back to the current Bears Lions game. Well, before before you get well, to I, that, I just want to get to this real quick because it involves the football move. I just want to make uh-huh. one statement. Okay. I just feel like you have to have fumble and incompletion be the same. If the mm-hmm. ground can cause a fumble, it can cause an incompletion. If it can't cause a fumble, it can't cause an incompletion. Mm-hmm. Now with the with the current one, you're talking about the Golden Tate, which just happens. everything happens everything around revolves Golden around Tate. Golden Tate when it comes to bad officiating. Now <laughs> with that one, the argument there not only is it the football move, but with Des Bryant too, there's this weird difference between a runner and a receiver. A runner, all a runner's got to do is get that ball past the pylon. Mm-hmm. A receiver has to have control of the ball past the pylon. Why there's a difference? Mm, who really knows? You want me to break it down for you? Because I've got the computer in front of me. If you or break down what the difference between the just the this part? what happened on that play. Oh, I because know. What, I, mean, I know what happened. I'm just the saying there's a I'm weird distinction is, here. And this is, I when I saw this. Mm-hmm. This is the one I could kind of see two ways about because when he first catches it, mm-hmm. it's with his body. He's caught it, and it looks like he's bringing but it. Did he make a football with, wait, move? Take that throw it out the window. That's fucking stupid. But and that's you, the rule. Not you. The rule is stupid. The only thing that I would say and mm-hmm. call this, and when I say I don't know, I'm not saying, I don't know, I can't make a decision. I'm saying in real time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I have to take a closer look. This is a replayable play. Mm-hmm. One of those ones where it's not well, yeah, stupid it was a turnover. to take. Yeah, not one of the, or all turnover, a score. All turnover. Either way, all of them are reviewable. Either way, it's getting reviewed. And the thing that makes it not a catch to me, an interception, hits his body. To me, he's got control because he has the ball. However... The defender, I think it's Fuller. Is he 24? Uh, 23. 23. Fuller has his hand on the ball. Mm-hmm. Yes, the ball is across the plane in the end zone, but as Fuller pulls his hand down, that's what makes the ball pop out. Mm-hmm. If the defender doesn't have, like, if the defender doesn't have his hand on the ball. I'm saying, well, then it's Lance Moore's because Fuller has his hand on the ball. I'm saying mm-hmm. Lance Moore, Golden Tate, uh, Golden Tate doesn't have sole possession of mm-hmm. that football. Therefore, you it doesn't even matter if it's across the plane because mm-hmm. that bear defender has his hand on the ball and it's just as much his ball as it is. The and receiver. the addition to that too is since he's a receiver. He's got to catch it first. He has to catch the ball. It doesn't have to just cross the plane. He's got to catch not it first. A, he is not a runner. If he had caught it at the mm-hmm. two-yard line, he's a runner then, and he will be able to just cross the goal line. But that's not how it worked. And there's this is the thing. We're just pointing out the fact that there are so many layers to this that it's ridiculous, and this is why the NFL has a problem with its officiating. Yeah, I because just, nobody has a fucking clue what they're doing out there. I just feel that there's just too much. These referees can't do it. Fuller had his hand on the ball, and because of that, and it's coming it's up. not Golden Tate. Well, before that, even mm-hmm. just if you stopped it as the ball crossed the goal line, yes, Golden Tate has it in his 
mitts, mm-hmm. but Fuller's got his hand on that on that ball. So because of that, and it's not like a oh he just has a finger on it. No, he has his whole mitt on the ball. That means to me, both players have a right to that ball. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it plays out from there on. It as he pulls his arm down, ball pops out. Okay, it's incomplete or an interception. To be fair, though, when there is dual possession in the NFL with Golden Tate, ball automatically goes to Golden Tate. That's a rule. <laughs> we all know that. I one. mean, ask Green Bay. That's just notice, a rule. Notice how the, these two ones both happened with NFC North opponents. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tate. this time he's on an NFC North team, Golden but... Tate and the Seattle Seahawks just screw over the NFC North <laughs> unless you're the Vikings. They haven't had their opportunity So it yet. just it doesn't matter if you're a ref and you are you have a Seahawk game or a Golden Tate game, you're going to make a bad call. That's just going to happen. Pretty much. It's just, you know, I mean, my biggest thing with this, with all of this conversation is that the we can all sit here and do exactly what we're doing, pointing everything out, pointing out mm-hmm. inconsistencies, all this stuff. But at some point, somebody, preferably in the NFL, because that's the only thing that matters, needs to stand up and say, yeah, we do have some things we need to work on. And they just need to admit it. That's really all it is. I mean, you even have, I still remember when that umpire screwed up that perfect game. I don't remember the teams. I don't remember who it was. It was like two seasons ago or one season ago. An umpire screwed up a call, which ruined a perfect game, and I think it was the eighth or ninth inning. And what did that umpire do? Oh, you're talking he about the Galarraga it. one. Yes. You're talking about the one where it should have been the out at first, but yeah. He admitted that he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. What does the NFL do with all these situations? Jim Joyce. That was Jim Joyce. They don't admit they made a mistake. There was like one time in recent memory where they admitted there was a mistake. Or... Let's put it this way. That happened in 2010. Mm-hmm. I know that wasn't the thing to do it, but with baseball, what did they do? What did they eventually get to? Instant replay. Mm-hmm. If we would have had the instant replay we have this season, I think it was Jim Leland at the time was their manager, would be able to come out of the bench, say, I want to look at that play. They would have looked at it. He's out. Boom, perfect game, still intact. Yeah, but what, well, what, what I'm trying to get to is a guy admitted he made a mistake. Can the NFL admit that there's a problem? That's really what it comes down to because there is a problem. Everybody knows it. At least there are inconsistencies within mm-hmm. the rule calling. So can the NFL come out and say, hey, guys, there's a problem. We're sorry. We're going to fix it because that's all they really have to do. All they have to do is admit there's a problem and admit that they're going to fix it. But they don't do that. Let's remember the touchception starring Leonardo DiCaprio directed by, of course, Christopher Nolan the Great. They immediately solved the lockout. As soon as that big controversy happened, the NFL didn't necessarily admit mistakes mm-hmm. as much as they just said, and the real refs are back now. Everybody forget yeah. about this. At least something happened. The referees are not doing a good job. Roger Goodell, I'm putting it on him, needs to come out, say there's a problem, needs to fix the problem in the offseason. You know what else I want to throw out there? It's only going to get worse. And this is going to lead in, this could lead into our last discussion of the podcast, bringing it full circle Uh into the world of sports. Why does the NFL have the hood? Why? If you think of no distractions, if you think of baseball, the way baseball has it, like I said, 
crew chief and one other person of the umpiring staff put the headphones on. Mm-hmm. What are and you're thinking, but Ricky, what are they looking at? They're looking at the jumbotron. Mm-hmm. That's their screen. They get to use the jumbotron and talk to the command center. That means everyone can see what you're looking at. Yeah, which makes it a lot less shady. Why doesn't the NFL do that? And I know the NFL when they go under the hood, they're they're piecing together different camera angles. They're going frame by frame. They're doing a lot of stuff in there, so I don't have a problem with that necessarily because there's a lot they're doing where if I'm sitting there staring at the Jumbotron, I don't want to see a frame by frame. You know, I, I don't care at that point. I just want you to get your ass back out there and tell me if it was a catch or see, not. See, if I am, because I am a fan, I do want to see that because mm-hmm. I secretly in my you head. You really want to sit I'm, there and see a frame by frame? Secretly, I'm playing referee in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm playing referee and plus it shows, hey, this is what we're looking at. This is so when he comes out and says the ruling, everyone watching at home in the stadium, the coaches know. Okay, that's what he saw because I saw what he saw. I don't think that would solve anything. A, B. I don't think that. And why I does think baseball he, do it? Why does hockey do it? It's different. the The problem is that there's so much more to football when it comes to them. Piecing together camera angles from all these different directions and stuff like that. The average fan does not want to see that. We do. We have a podcast where every week we talk about sports. But well, I feel football. like if you're invested the in average that game, fan you does want not. to see it. No, the average fan is they're drinking their beer. They're they don't want they don't give a shit. So you don't care if your team loses on that play. I do. I'm talking about if no. You they go care to if they game. lose. They don't want to watch a frame by frame. Of yeah, but what are you doing during that time anyway? Drinking beer. Hanging out with your friends, having a good See, time. Me, maybe it's because I'm that's a different, the different. fan. I, you like, do a podcast well, the, every no, week about it, the NFL. I'm saying if let's say I was in a Vikings game and mm-hmm. the call was going against the Vikings, I want to see that because when the ref comes out and tells me the call, I want to know why my Vikings didn't make. You're that not catch. the average fan though. You got to put yourself in the mindset of the average fan that doesn't me, watch the, every game. Okay, maybe I'm assuming the average fan isn't going to buck up the money to mm-hmm. go to a football game because football games are expensive. I don't know, man. I'm, depends. In Chicago, they're expensive. But an average football fan out there probably maybe goes to one game. They probably don't care. It's an experience. Wrigley Field tickets are always expensive, and it's a bar. Wrigley well, Field's just a bar. Baseball's a hangout. Yeah, but I mean, I go it's to still base, expensive. I go to baseball. I'm hanging out with a couple of friends while watching a baseball Cubs game. Cubs tickets sell out all the time. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, and people go there just to hang out. It's a... Social experience, really. That's why I think we want to see that, and mm-hmm. the people who listen to our podcast want to see that, but we're not thinking of the mind of the guy who just wants to bring his son to a football game because his dad brought him to a football game. They don't want to see the frame by frame. They want to see a million times that thing because they just want to yell and say, it's a catch, it's a interception, you know, whatever it is. They don't care about what the rest. Yeah, but they're going to yell doing. that no matter what you, which one they you will. have up there. But they don't want to see a frame by frame. Nobody wants Ricky. You edit videos on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Do you enjoy watching frame by frames? No, of myself, it's not no. Fun. It's of myself, fun. no. But if it, if I was invested in that game, I would want to. Like, mm-hmm. I would want. I just want to be able to see what that ref's looking at. So when you come under that hood. I know what you saw, and you're not just spitting out a ruling at me and me going, 
well, fuck it. I didn't see it because what I was shown on the Drumotron said that's a goddamn catch. Because that's what happens mm-hmm. 95% of the time to me. I watch it, and I watch it on TV, and I watch it, and I watch it, and it's like, that's a catch. Al Michaels, that's a catch. Chris Collinsworth, that's a catch. John Madden comes in, boom, that's a catch. And it's not a catch. Mm-hmm. It's like, wh- why did everyone else say it was a catch, but you said it's not? That what brings us all see? the way back around it's to the circle. original problem. But here's the question I want to ask to end the podcast, and this goes to you, the listener, as well. Yep. Which sport? Is NFL the worst officiating? Is NFL refs the worst? Is it baseball? Is it hockey? Is it NBA? Who has the worst officiating? The NFL. It's not even even a hesitation for me. The NFL is currently so... It is currently so inconsistent and has so many issues in big moments that decide games. Now... To be fair, the majority of these games do not have game-deciding mm-hmm. officiating mistakes. But there's enough every week, every other week, to where it's it's inexcusable at this point. Now, the N- I will say the NBA's got its own problems. But the NBA's problems are they want their stars to make big plays and score big points. So that's, a, that's not necessarily officiating as it is the culture of that league is setting things up in mm-hmm. certain directions. And you can I'm not saying that the NBA is rigged. I'm just saying that the NBA likes when certain things happen and they their referees buy into that culture. I am going to throw out a this is a sport that I've brought up many times tonight. Not saying they're the worst, but they are the one sport that gives the NFL officials a run for the a run for their money. Baseball the reason why I say that is it has nothing to do with the replay system. It has to do baseball's biggest problem and, to me, baseball's catching issue to relate it to what we were talking about today for football is the strike zone. Mm-hmm. I could be the ump. I'm going to call a little bit outside as a strike. Mark's behind the dish. Mark pinches. It hits the corner. Mark still calls it a ball. Because he wants that pitcher to get more into the strike zone. The reason why I kind of bring this up is, and why I thought I'm a Cubs fan. Cubs playing the Mets. Game two, there was an obvious, and to the naked eye, yes, I live in Chicago, and my Facebook feed is all, it's Cubs and Sox fans. So obviously, my Facebook feed is going to be more locally charged than my Twitter feed. But like, my dad, my Facebook feed, even my Twitter feed was saying when the Mets were on the mound, Noah Syndergaard, Mack Truck, he could throw it anywhere and it's a strike. Jake Arrieta has to hit a tin, the opening of a tin can for it to be a strike. To me, that's baseball's biggest problem. That's why I kind of think that's the only thing that has me almost right. Football is obviously the worst But baseball and the strike issue, and not just that, the thing that happened in the Royal Blue Jay game of Troy Tulowitzki, pitch comes in, doesn't think it's a strike. He turns around and basically says, what the fuck was that? It's not a strike. Goes back to the dugout, comes out to play shortstop. Obviously, he's mad, and he's going to be talking to like the third baseman about, dude, do you fucking believe that call? Mm -hmm. How I got gypped of that? 
Well, the uh, the ump was looking at him, watching him talk to the third baseman, just pointed to him and said, you're gone. Yeah. For basically being upset with that. Me, I find that absurd. It's one of those things, what, you expect him to be like, oh, it's cool. We're just playing a game here. It's cool. I'll go sit down. Have a, have a nice mm-hmm. day, Jim. Have a nice day, ump. Baseball no. has the most human element, I think, to any of these sports. There really is a lot of human error and stuff like that in in baseball because a lot of it is just the eye. What does the eye see? That's why it was such a big deal when they got instant replay in there. I do wonder if, not now, but if a while into the future, there's just a camera sitting in the very back that is zoomed in super far and it makes the decisions on what's a strike and what's a ball. We because we pi- can do that. We have now. pitch track. On yeah. the telecast, they have pitch track. We have the broadcasting where that's where it hit. And then they give the top so- the bird's eye view of where mm. it crossed. But do we get rid of the umpire sometime in I the say, next five, ten years? I, and right now I am saying I would not be like I know that there are people in one of my uh, – we've had him on the podcast, Mike Slinsky. Mm-hmm. He's an umpire. Yeah. So he's all for that human element. But – I'm sorry. When there is, and here's where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be like game two of the Cubs-Mets series, where you're that inconsistent, and you're just, if if you're consistent with your calling, I don't have a problem. If you're inconsistent, that's where the problem is. If you're going to be like game two, where one strike zone's 50 feet wide, the other one's two inches wide, then it's like, fuck it. Let's get the computer in there. Mm-hmm. I don't care if this pitcher paints the corners and I get called strikes and don't get the benefit of the doubt. If you're going to be like, I want to say it was game three or four of the Cub Cardinal series, where I can't remember who the ump was, but I remember the announcer saying, yeah, this ump is going to call a little bit of that outside, that outside pitch a strike. Because he wants the batter to swing the bat a little more. Mm-hmm. To me, if you're going to call it like that both ways, I don't have a problem. Because I hear that and I go, okay, I get it. It's a playoff game. All these people didn't yep. come here to see a pitching duel. They came to see what we saw when the Cubs clinched against the Cardinals. What, six home runs in the game? Mm-hmm. An offensive explosion? That's, to me, that's the only other sport. That rivals football. Basketball, like you said, has its own issues. Hockey, I think, is the best. Hockey's great. Hockey is the best officials. Hockey's fantastic. The moral of this whole story, though, and what you can pull out of Ricky's thing, especially— Well, that, but especially if you don't care about baseball, is inconsistencies are what the big problem is. And that is what the NFL has, just nonstop inconsistency. Especially with that catch. Nonstop. What is a catch? Inconsistencies. So— Things do need to be fixed. Will they be fixed for next week? Probably Stay not. tuned, folks. But before we wrap up, we got to give – I know we didn't talk much about this upcoming week. It's it's not a good it's week. It's not a good week. You can check out our picks video and our previews later in the week for everything coming up this week. But, Mark, before we wrap up the podcast, yeah. we got to give secret picks. And the way I'm going to do it is – I know before the podcast, just letting you guys in on a little bit of behind the scenes, we came up with five games, mm-hmm. but because this week is such a shit week, I don't care what you give me. Whatever me and you give each other, we just won't make those in the pick video. For sure. I think 
Well, those of you who listen know that I like to give Ricky fun games. Uh, my fun game of the week for Ricky is Browns Rams. How fun is that? I'm going to go with the Rams because Todd Gurley's a beast. And Todd Gurley, I don't think, has a rushing touchdown yet. He will get his first rushing touchdown of his NFL career. Yeah, he has a fumble, but not an NFL touchdown. He will get that and at least 200 yards Guys, against the Browns. It's important to note that the Broncos almost lost to the Browns. Well, and That almost happened. Well, the reason why is... The Brown run game, the not the the Bronco run game isn't that strong. Nope. And their offense isn't that strong. The defense nope. kept them in that game, and the Rams have a run game. The Rams are a good team. Talib wins every single game for the Browns. I mean, for the Broncos essentially. Yeah. He the, wins all. He's won half of them. I think Todd Gurley's going to carry this game, and if the Browns are in it, it's because of helicopter McCown. He's a champion. He turns into a helicopter and he just goes ball, end zone, win. That's try- the summary. I am going to give you Super Bowl rematch of a couple years, I think it was five years ago, Saints at Colts. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, This is a tough one, actually. It really is. The Saints can't win when they're not at home, uh, and they've only won two two games at home, so that's not really that impressive. Um, And the Colts, they just don't look good. Mm-hmm. I mean, plain and simple, they just don't look good. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go with the Colts. I, I think that Frank Gore can lead this team to good things. Because I hope that he's Saints, on my fantasy team. That Saints defense is bad. Um, Andrew Luck's a bust. Uh, you know, the Colts <laughs> are really trying their best to lose as many games the as ne- possible. The next Ryan Leaf, you would yeah. say? Yeah, we all thought he was the next Peyton Manning, but turns out he's Ryan Leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're they're trying their best. They're gonna tank so that way they can get down. Maybe draft Cardale Jones, Does a real Pagano quarterback. Get fired? Uh, if they keep losing games, yeah, <laughs> and that's not even a joke. If they keep losing games, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna go with the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're gonna win this game. Frank Gore is what's gonna be what leads it. Uh, Andrew Luck just needs to not throw interceptions. Mm-hmm. That'd be fantastic. You think that he would do that? But hey, you know what? Maybe he'll pull a, a Drew Brees. Or a Rex Grossman throw five interceptions when the game's still. <laughs> Maybe. Or a Matt Ryan. He did that too. Yep. Drew Maybe. Brees did not. He threw yeah, five that's interceptions right. he lost. and lost. Yeah. That's right. So it you know what? Matt Ryan that Maybe, won, Drew Brees Maybe that Andrew lost. Luck will do that. Throw five <laughs> interceptions and lose. Uh, but that is going to do it this week for the Onside Kick. Let us know. What do you think about the NFL officiating? Do, do they have a problem? Me and Mark think they do. They definitely have an officiating problem. Let us know about anything we talked about with the officials. Down in the comment section, if you're on SoundCloud, hit repost and follow. If you're on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. I want to thank you guys for checking out this video. Got to get the Twitter handles in there. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at the with two E's. Mark Weber. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Said it again. I said it. I'm going to say it again. Thank you guys for checking out this video. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.